Welcome to the Brunton Bugle, your one-stop shop for all things Carlisle United. From Austin Berkeley to Paul Boatine and Steve Finney to Carlton Fairweather, we've got it covered. In today's episode, we're going to be reviewing the win over Bradford City and the draw at Mansfield Town, looking ahead to the games against Stevenage and Leighton Orient, and as usual, there'll be some news updates and a look at what ex-United players have been getting up to. Uh, for once, I'm joined by both of my co-hosts, Dan McLennan and Mike Booth. How's it going, lads? Yeah, it's going good. A lot more positive than uh, than last week, that's for sure. Never mind the results. Can you say Paul Bertian again, please? Bertian. I've never heard it pronounced like that in my life. <laughs> I always presumed no. it was. Nah. Yeah. One of those ones, yeah. isn't it? It, 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 it? It's an unusual sort of name, isn't it? The IEN yeah, at the yeah. end. So. It's, it's probably one of them where only he knows how to yeah. how to do it. There you go. Bertian, then. Yeah. It's like but that. It's like Jabbo, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Apart from that, I'm fine. Yeah, good stuff. There's no link between those players, by the way. Just no, no, I, I was looking at them. They're just... Four random players. Always yeah. nice to hear the names, isn't it? Yeah. Some forgotten players there, I think it's fair to say. Um, yeah, uh, let's get straight into it then, lads. Um, first up, I need to make a correction, don't I? Because I cocked up on the yes. quiz last week. Shame. Shame, Shame. I know. Shame. I know, but the problem is, I put together this quiz based on seeing a clip this, on the internet this of this player that's what makes it even worse it's ridiculous so basically if you remember last uh, week's quiz essentially I wanted to know the 11 as I said players who've played on managed Carl United um, who've also been in World Cup squads uh, it turns out there's 12 of them because the one I missed out of course was Tim Krull uh, quite famously as well he's probably the one who, you know you'd probably remember the most wouldn't you you'd think but there you go especially so, as he got subbed on for a penalty shootout yeah and basically acted like a shithouse for the shootout yeah. didn't he so, yeah. so but as go. well his record of saving penalties before that shootout like wasn't actually any good but <laughs> that's the I weird think, thing, psych- psychologically you're up against a keeper that's specifically been brought on for the penalty shootout yeah, yeah I, 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 I can see I can see the workings behind it if you're mm-hmm. if you know you're going into a shootout and you think oh why are these bringing this lad on he must be good at mm-hmm. penalties yeah. it must you know just plant that little seed of doubt yeah. and he's a big fella as well isn't he he's got yeah, a yeah. big frame on him so there you go Okay then, so um, let's move straight on to the news. Not a huge amount again to report. I mean, we're so busy with games, there's just nothing really happening off the pitch, is there, Dan? Um, no. So first up, uh, the Bolton game, that's been moved to a seven o'clock kickoff. Um, pretty much like every other game that's been week this season. Uh, so that's in sort of mid-April, isn't it? I think, that one. Our first ever visit to the Reebok Stadium. Uh, as, as it's going, it's probably going to be the first one for a while as well, is it? Because <laughs> they're absolutely flying up the league. I hope uh, so, because I backed them at 33-1 to 1 the other week. <laughs> Smart move, that, to be fair. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. but the run they're on is incredible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the other bit, something we missed actually a couple of weeks ago. Um, Dean Furman has been called up again to the Bafana Bafana squad for the Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers against Ghana and Sudan. Um, he's definitely going to miss 
the next three games after this weekend's trip to Stevenage. But he's actually missed the last few as well, hasn't he? So you were wondering about this one, Dan, weren't you, whether it's an isolation thing? Yeah, uh, obviously he's going to miss the three games. Uh, Audience at home on Tuesday, Cambridge at home the following Saturday, and Crawley at home the following Tuesday. Uh, we think he should be back in the country on Monday or Tuesday in the start of April, but that means he would miss Southend away and Scunthorpe at home because South Africa are currently what's deemed a red list country yeah. and that's the 10 days isolation in a hotel, etc. It'd be interesting to see if the if the like South African Federation have to pay for his isolation. I would imagine they would mm. because it's you know they're, they're wanting him. I mean, it's sometimes different, isn't it, for um, elite sportsmen, isn't it, that they get exemptions if they take tests and stuff. But I'm I'm not sure if that's changed based on South Africa being one of the red list ones. No, because there was a big fuss about this from uh, Clippity Klopp, Jurgen Klopp, uh, because a lot of the South American countries are deemed red zone. Mm. And if all, like, the Brazilians, etc., went over, there was... You know, there was a big thing about oh, they'll have to isolate for ten days when they come back, and I think they've they've actually cancelled the South American yeah, uh, so, games. Yeah, yeah. So you know, not like Jurgen Klopp to look for an excuse. You know, he's not <laughs> not not well known for it in any way, is he? I know you're not his biggest fan. Let's say that. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, there's that's the news out of the way. So let's get straight then into the uh, match review section. So uh, we're looking back at the. 3-1 win over Bradford City and the 1-1 draw at Mansfield Town or Mansfield and Grimsby as I put down here on the uh, running order having not changed the names properly as usual. Um, so yeah, the run without a win is finally over, isn't it? So beating an informed Bradford City at Brunton Park with it. A performance is probably more like the ones we saw earlier in the season, wasn't it, Mike? I, I, I think we, we, we looked not exactly like the team that sort of beat Walsall and, you know, Bradford earlier in the season and, and Stephen and stuff like that but we weren't far off were we? Yeah it was very convincing as well we can't no one can say that we rode our luck really can they? Um, I mean I think the difference was we played it out when we could but we we didn't sort of play football all game you know we still went direct when, in, when we needed to but we just sort of played a lot more football and a lot more like our full backs were able to overlap a little bit and get crosses in and um, but I mean, what's great for me is obviously before uh, the first goal, Lewis and Alessandra fluffed an absolute sitter, didn't he? Mm. Uh, when I think Dickinson had the shot and it got parried out, and Alessandra fluffed it. But it's good that we're in a position where players are missing sitters because before before the um, Dickinson it against Grimsby City we weren't getting those sorts of chances so all right they're not going in the net but at least we're we're getting much better chances than we were yeah absolutely Uh, that was obviously followed up with the uh, draw had earned draw I think it's fair to say at Mansfield Town to make it three games unbeaten for the Blues and I suppose start to reignite a little bit of hope of a push for the playoff place hopefully that's still possible before the end of the season Dan yeah, it was. I think we're, we'll all be in agreement. It wasn't the best of watches midweek. Mm. It, uh, it it won't be a game that lives long in the memory. Uh, terrible pitch, which doesn't help. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's that's quite a thing at the moment. You know, the compacted season, and you know, with games being off and a lot of games being played, a lot even the Brunton Park pitch is looking a little bit worn in places, which it doesn't usually. And we've had a lot of rain as well, so you know these pitches 
in at our level, you know, they're, they're not the best at the moment. But uh, I, I thought we we started quite well against Mansfield. Yeah, and they sort of came back into it, and draw was probably right at half time. I think. Uh, you know, we took the lead, and if we could have just got that second, we'd have won that game. Mm. You know, it was a bit of an annoying goal to to concede. I know it's been debated a fair bit, but yeah, we'll, we'll get on to that in a minute, won't we? Yeah, yeah. But uh, a draw was probably the fair result. Yeah, and I think. But, but as I saw a lot of people on uh, social media saying, "Oh, it's only a point; it's two dropped." I think if we can get three points on Saturday and make it four points from the two away games, that'll be a lot better. Yeah, you'd take that any day, wouldn't you, really? Four points in the two games. Especially when you consider Saturday's probably the tougher of the two games when you look at four. Yeah, yeah. And we've got three home games to follow that, so, you know, it's a perfect time to, you know... It's a decent run, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about the the Bradford game first, then. Um, I think I agree with what you said there, Mike. Much improved performance um, to go with a good result and just better use of the ball, wasn't it, in terms of just getting it down and uh, you know, in the, the key areas, actually playing a bit of football. And I mean, Bradford were on a decent run of form coming to that game and we made them look pretty ordinary, I think, in that match. Um, in terms of team selection, Jack Armour came in uh, for his first start for a while. Um Really impressed in this game, didn't he, a left-back? And you'd imagine Nick Anderton's looking at that thinking, I might be out of the team for a bit here now. I mean, he looked very good, didn't he? But for me, I think the issue sort of more with the Mansfield game is these players looking jaded. I think any any player, being an international footballer or a League Two footballer, is going to be jaded playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, 90 minutes every week. And, like... Again, Beach didn't make the subs until sort of gone to seventy minutes. So, at best case scenario, you've played seventy minutes and then you're back in the starting eleven again. And I think we maybe just need a bit of rotation to keep things fresh for Anderton to get games. But for me, Jack Armour's our number one left back now. I've, I've just I've just looked there when you've mentioned subs and against Bradford we made our first sub in the seventy seventh minute, mm. then eighty one and eighty nine. And then again against Mansfield midweek, we made one sub in the 86 minutes. You know, mm. and it, it it is something I've picked up on. You know, we one thing with uh, Chris Beach is he doesn't seem overly keen to use the five mm. available subs. There won't be many games where we've used all five. No, mm. I can't even remember the last time we did. And I'd say that we have sort of a better five subs that we can bring on than a lot of other teams I think a lot of other teams yes you know a few of their subs are just kind of kids to kind of make up the numbers kind of thing whereas our bench is generally made up of players who can come on and and do a job Mm. do you think Armour the way he's playing and looking at how good he is on the ball do you think he's a player obviously he's playing left back at the moment but could actually maybe play in a couple of different positions for us possibly I think he will eventually become a centre back due to his height hmm because he's he's a big lad for what is he nineteen year old? It's quite funny because he played. I thought he played well on the Saturday. He maybe didn't play as well at Mansfield. No, I think he struggled a bit on that down those wings, didn't he? Because like yeah, it's awful. it wouldn't be a surprise if maybe Anderton came back in for a game on on the basis mm. of that performance. Yeah, he wasn't the strongest in that game, was he? Um, in terms of the Bradford game and the obviously the Mansfield game. 
the, the team selection that Beach put out, he, he put Alessandra and Dickinson on the wings. They're not really two traditional wiggers in that sense, are they? Like, you, you know, your Patricks and your Toure's. And the first thought we said before the game, wasn't it, Dan, that it, it, it looked a bit narrow, the team. But actually, I think Fox Analytics on Twitter put up the stats and actually we were a lot wider than we had been in the previous game, weren't we? Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, there was even, there was even a few fit, sort of folk thinking, you know, this could almost be be a four four two with you know Riley pushing to the right of the midfield, Dickinson on the left. But no, it was it was pretty much the usual four three three most of the time. And yes, you know, I mean, Dickinson. We know Dickinson can play wide, mm. but Alessandra not as much. But and uh, I, I, I don't think. Does playing out wide sort of take a little bit away from Alessandra's game? Possibly. He holds onto the ball quite well there. And I think what we found, because he was playing on the left, he actually linked pretty well with Jack Armour, didn't he? He yeah, was able to yeah. hold the ball up and Jack Armour could then bomb on and do the overlapping and get the ball into the box in the way he played. Mike, how do you think Brennan Dickinson's got in the last couple of games? Because I've seen a few people saying he's a waste of space and not play well. I, personally, I thought, actually... Against Bradford, he was one of our better players and he was putting some quality balls into the box, especially for the goal for Zanzala. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought he had a very good game. I think um, him and Alessandra are both very good ball players. Um, and I think yeah. th- they seem to come a bit deeper. They seem to sort of be open to the full-back playing the ball to them rather than just sort of waiting in the final third. Um for the ball um, and I think that was key to how we played really but I mean Dickinson for me he's obviously got an absolute peach of a left foot and that created that chance for Alessandra that I mentioned earlier um, but he's not afraid to go wide and get across him with his right foot which we've had some wide men in the past who have been very one footed and as a fullback, you don't want to be playing against someone who you don't know which way he's going to go. Mm. And just just uh, something you mentioned there about them more willing to come back. I wonder if that's because uh, the sort of more experienced sort of senior players compared yeah. to you know the yeah. likes of Patrick Coyote too. There, the young lads basically, you know, and the, you know the, for them it'll be all about getting up and doing stuff. Whereas someone with Alessandra's experience, even Dickinson's been round the block a bit, they get it a bit more, and you know they're maybe just a bit more tuned in for for backtracking, etc. Mm. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk um, about a couple of incidents from the Bradford game. Um, first up, the second goal. Who scored it? And is it a foul? <laughs> See, I thought, having seen it again, that I think Bennett's shout. Plus, as yeah. well, Bennett, has been, as on social media, he's been bloody uploading it, slowing it down and all the rest. You wouldn't go to all that effort if it wasn't you, would, would you really? A little bit desperate, isn't it, that I think it's fair to yeah. say. But, uh... but you know, if Sanzala's got it, I think that gave him a real confidence boost, thinking that he'd scored. Mm. So, you know, well, who cares? The BBC match report now shows it as Bennett's goal. So I think maybe that someone somewhere has said that's a Reese Bennett goal rather than a Sanzala mm. goal. So it's been tweaked to, to show that appropriately. Um, do you think it was a foul, Dan, that goal? Because, I mean, I've watched it a few times now. And I, I personally... I don't see... It's one of those ones that the referee could very easily have given a foul. He could have looked and thought, it's a I, mess, I, I could give one. But I, think I don't think a, it was. I think if a foul was given, I don't think many people would have complained because it was a mass of people writhing around on the floor and everyone would have just went, ah, well, fair enough. But if you look at the Bradford players, there wasn't 
It wasn't mm. much appeal for them, was there? No. I think it was a Bradford player that took out the keeper, and then yeah. the rest was just a, a melee, really. But, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Your keeper's got to be stronger there, surely, hasn't he? I mean, as well, he needs his defender to actually protect him, and his defender didn't do anything, really, to stop a, the players yeah. getting around him. So, so yeah, I think we're sort of in agreement. Not a foul, and probably Reese Bennett's goal, which, but I mean, Ozzy's still got his three goals in three games, so he can't yeah, handle too yeah. much. Um, speaking of Ozzy, uh an incident that was kind of missed at the time, but I, I did actually see this happen and thought to myself, that looks a bit naughty. Surely that's at least a booking, and he didn't get booked for it, uh, Pody O'Connor, for them. It's a clear stamp on Zanzara, isn't it? It's a red card when you watch that video that was on Twitter. Because, I mean, I've, I've seen some Bradford fans trying to say, oh, it's just his, the way he's fallen down, his weight. It's like, I'm not being funny, but your weight doesn't come down there no. in that position with that force. It's a, does it's it? a clear stamp, isn't it? And that- a clear stamp is a red card for me. It's one as well. I think if that was the Premier League, we could be talking like a, a retrospective five-match ban or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It was, but f- fair play to Zanzala because the way he got up, like he, he was not phased by it at all. Like what an absolute hard man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is something we're going to talk about in the Manchester game. We'll talk about it now. Incredible the turnaround in form for Zanzala, isn't it? In the last few games, he, he he's starting to look. It looks like something's clicked in his head, and he's finally realized, oh, this is how we play, right? And he, and it's not just his goals, his all-round game. He's putting pressure on defenders. He's giving them a nightmare in terms of having to deal with him and, you know, pressing the ball as well. He, he's really impressed, hasn't he, the last few games, Dan? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm just having a look through his uh, appearances when he signed. And, you know, he, he made his debut in that first game back against Exeter, half an hour against Forest Green. We clearly weren't at the races in those games. I know, I know we won the Exeter game, but it was... Mm-hmm. Scrappy, and then, then he he was coming off the bench for ten minutes, twelve minutes, twenty minutes. He didn't really do anything, no. and I think I think just nabbing that goal against Grimsby, it's you know it's just it's giving the the boost sort of thing. You know, we've argued whether it's one or two on Saturday, but his, his finish against Mansfield was a bloody good strike. Oh yeah, you know? gives keeper no chance with that finish. Yeah, and you know I'm I'm looking back through what. When he was at Accrington, he only scored four goals in 27 and six in 24. He's now scored four in 10 for us. Yeah. So, you know, if he carries on at that rate, he's going to have his, his best season. You know, you're looking at eight or 10 yeah. in half mm-hmm. a season, which is pretty good going. And I think he's going to get a run, isn't he, in the team now by the looks of things? Well, he's, he, he has, he, he can't, when he's scoring, you can't drop him, can you? No. Mm. And I, I said last week as well, from the compilation when we signed him, a lot of his goals for crew were inside the six-yard box. And before that Grimsby game, we didn't get, get him the ball anywhere near the six-yard box. And, mm. you know, if we want to credit him with the first, with um, you know the second goal against Bradford, uh, that was sort of in the six-yard box. On you the know, line. Obviously. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, and, and his other goal was in the six-yard box. His goal against Mansfield was actually just outside the six-yard box. So if you get the ball into him in the, them areas, then he's going to score goals. Yeah. Um, in terms of the Mansfield game, a little bit flat after the Bradford game. Was that maybe to be expected? I mean, playing at such a high level against the Bantams to then go all the way down to Mansfield, especially with what happened before the game in terms of the traffic issues and things like that. Was it maybe, Dan, to be expected that we weren't going to play at quite the same level as we did? 
Yeah, possibly. Uh, you know, a little bit after the Lord Mayor's show is, is a phrase we can use a bit. Um, as we've already mentioned, the pitch was a bit of a leveller. Um, like you say, the traffic, the traffic problems. Uh, you know, it knackered a couple of the players. You know, something we haven't mentioned yet: Magnus Norman making his debut. Well, yeah, but let's, let's get on to that one. Then I mean, obviously, Paul Farman was missing. Apparently, Beach only found out at midday that he wasn't going to be able to play. Uh, Magnus Norman's had to come in and make his league debut. Um, thoughts on his performance overall? I mean, for me, it was. I was really impressed with some of his shot stopping and his kicking was generally solid. A few of them he shanked a little bit, but I mean, Paul Farman's kicking so good. We're, we're sort of yeah. measuring him at that standard. That's the problem, isn't it? Um, brilliant save from Perch to tip on the bar, but is he a little bit shaky on a couple of the high balls and could he have done better on the free kick maybe, Dan? Uh, yes and no. It was, it was a typical League Two keeper's performance, I thought. You know, there was some good stuff, a couple of bits that weren't brilliant. Uh, you know, a few people mentioned their goal, etc. But uh, no, it was... I thought he did all right overall. How do you reckon he did, Mike? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought he looked good, but for the goal... I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm a fully paid-up member of the goalkeeper's union, but I think he really could have done a lot better because... I, he was stood so far over to one side of the goal. I thought, oh, they're going to hit this to his left and he's going to have no chance. But they hit it to his right and he was it was, it was probably within an arm's reach of the right-hand post and he didn't even move. Maybe he didn't see it, I don't know. But... I don't think he positioned his wall very well for it though, did he? When you mm. look back at it, the, the lad practically, I wouldn't say he passes it into the bottom corner, but he doesn't have to put a huge amount of bend on it, does he? There seems to be mm. a huge gap there, and you wonder. That's your keeper who's obviously sorting out that wall. And then, like you see, his positioning, not particularly great. It's, mm. it's one of those things, isn't it? It's his first game. You, we all forget the fact that Paul Farman lay in nine goals in his first three games for us. <laughs> That's mm. something we kind of overlook slightly, don't we? Um, yeah, I, I, I just wonder. I think He's probably a little bit out of touch as well. Yeah. You know, because we, we, we've not played any reserve games no, for a while. True, true. You know, he hasn't played. Yeah, you know, that's, that's he's, been, true. he's been inactive since before Christmas. So, you know, he's, he's, he's not going to be 100% perfect, is he? Like I said, he made some, some really good smart stops. I mean, the save from Perch onto the bar was outstanding. Yeah, like, yeah. Good I mean, there's a small argument there that he made a mistake in the build-up to it when dropping the cross, but he recovered well. And that's, that's the important thing there, isn't it? Um I think generally on on corners and things like that, he was very solid in terms of coming claim of the ball. The problem was the two that he messed up were really on the edge of the box, weren't they? And you look at him, you think he doesn't need to be coming that far. I know Paul Farman's a, a good sweeper keeper, but I get the impression of those ones, Farman, maybe with his game time a bit been more in tune. He maybe looks at that and thinks to himself, I don't need to come for those. And maybe that's going to come with Norman having a bit of game time. He'll realise, actually, I don't need to do, go to that. My defence will deal with it. And that's that's where the problem comes. But there's a chance he's going to have a little run in the team now. And, you know, good luck to that. I hope he really does well. But for me, if Farman's fit on Saturday, I'd, I'd bring him back in the team. Definitely. OK, let's talk about one of my big bugbears <laughs> from a lot of recent games. And it reared its head again <laughs> in the last two games. That bloody free kick routine. Honest to God, it drives me... What is the point of it? I mean, Beach explained after the game, didn't he, against Mansfield. I, I tweeted 
John Coleman and James Phillips saying, can someone just ask him about it, please? Mm. Makes no sense. And he explained, oh, it's, you know, putting the ball to the side, ball to the side so you can put it around the wall or whatever. And when have we ever got it around the wall? I mean, he, he mentioned the Stevenage game earlier this season, but that was much further out. There wasn't really much of a wall then. The keeper threw that one in. I, I wouldn't even count that one. <laughs> it was that do, bad. Do you, know, do you know what the biggest problem is now? Yeah. Everyone knows about it. Yeah. Everyone knows we do it. I mean, I know he said, oh, we did something different against Manfield. Well, touched mm. the ball twice. <laughs> it just made it twice as bad for me. But, yeah. but, but I mean... But he, he, he gave an example as well. He said, oh, Callum Guy had one that he took direct and the keeper saved it. Well, I, I put up on Twitter some clips from YouTube. Brennan Dickinson scoring two direct free kicks for Colchester and for MK mm. Dons. Mm. So, you know, you can take a free kick, Brennan Dickinson. Just let him have mm, a go at exactly. goal. Mm. If we score from a go- direct from a free kick on on Saturday, I'm taking credit for it, hundred <laughs> percent. I'll put I genuinely will in the running order put myself down as the assist. I can promise yeah. you that one in the stats. Although I, I had to laugh because on on Twitter after we took one that was just shocking against Mansfield, I think there was like about ten different Carlisle fans on Twitter all just like tweeted at exactly the same time like stop laying off the bloody free kicks like just all absolutely fuming and I think we're we're all just absolutely despairing with it. It's yeah. it's ridiculous because remember the days when we had uh, Granger and Devitt taking them and. You almost felt like it's like having a penalty, and it's like there's a good like eighty percent chance of it going in. We're gonna we're gonna score from one on no. Saturday, aren't we? Absolutely, yeah. it's nailed on, isn't it? Nailed on. We're mm. gonna. Um, a few more things to pick out from the Mansfield game. Um, I think we sort of already covered the lack of subs, haven't we, Dan? It's just, yeah. it's still just a bit baffling to me. I, I can I can maybe buy it on Tuesday night that you know the pitch wasn't really one suited to Patrick or Toure, but then. Do you maybe take off? I mean, Dickinson looked shattered towards the end. He looked, I mean, he he took that knock to the head as well, hadn't he? And he didn't seem quite right after that. And you wonder, do you maybe put charters on and just tighten up midfield? You can maybe then leave Mellish playing a bit further forward or even charters playing that further forward possibly. I don't know. It's one of those ones, isn't it? It's, I think I would like to have seen a, another change in there for that game. And I know Beach also sort of said, didn't he, that, oh, well, you know, everyone says afterwards, you know, it's fine. But I thought that thing, and it's like, as a manager, I suppose it's one of the things you've got to learn, isn't it? To to make subs before they get knackered or before issues come up to keep it fresh. Mm. There, there's exactly. the challenge there. Um, two of a little bit I want to pick out. Um, the revival of Rod McDonald, because a couple of games ago, people was talking about him like he's a busted flush and, you know, get him out of the team, he's rubbish. But I genuinely think he was one of our better players in the last two games. I think he he's, he's finding his form again, isn't he? A bit of a match practice has helped him and he looks like the player that we saw before he picked up that injury back in November, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's like a little Duracell bunny, isn't he? Didn't yeah. stop running the lad, and uh, he's he's one who's who's obviously enjoying this run of games. I'm not saying none of them aren't, you know, but he uh, he certainly looks like he's got the stamina for it, and he's recovered from his little knock earlier on. Uh, He's maybe one that if we are in a comfortable winning position, it may be worth taking off mm. for 20 minutes just to you know, let him recover a bit more. Mm, possibly. It's interesting. You're always reluctant to take a defender off there, aren't you, really, in those situations? That's that's the only issue, I suppose, when you look at it. Um, I think he's starting to keep it a bit more simple as well, hasn't he, Mike? He's, I think when he came back in, he was trying a bit too hard to play the perfect pass forward every time but actually 
he's just been getting rid of it when he can now, hasn't he, in the last couple of games? Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, like I said before, against Bradford, we were playing it out when we could and we are going direct when we should. And I think he was very much one of them players who, you know, when he had time on the ball, why not use it? But when you don't have time, just, just get rid of it. And he, he did that very, very well. But when he plays it forward, he's got a very sort of flat kick on him. Mm. You know, it doesn't it doesn't sit long in the air. He's got quite a direct uh long ball on him, uh which when used right can can be very, very dangerous. Yeah. Uh, one last thing before we uh move on to the break and to the second half of the show. Uh talk about Joe Riley and his energy. I've never seen a player who doesn't stop running as much as him in a long time. I mean coming into like the eight ninth minute against Manfield, he was hurrying about the pitch, chasing players, pressing them. For a player not played midfield before, I've been, I really have been so impressed with him that, especially the last couple of months, even when we've been playing badly, he still looks like a player who, who's prepared to go out there and give his all, doesn't he, Dan? Yeah, definitely. Uh, just looking there, he's this is by far the most action he's had in a season. You know, he's twenty four year old, the lad, and you know, you do you do sort of in the back of your mind, you wonder if there'll be a point where he he may burn out, but certainly at the moment, it. It doesn't look like it, and that's a, that's a credit to him for getting his fitness back after his injury worries. Absolutely. Right, I think that's the end of part one then, lads. I think we've uh, pretty much done ourselves out in terms of reviewing the games. Um, after the break, uh, we'll be coming back and we will be uh, discussing the uh, upcoming games against um, Stevenage and Leighton Orient. So we'll be back shortly. Okay, then we're back for part two. I thought I'd mix it up a little bit there, play the old crowd noise rather than uh, George Tanner's little bit, but George will be back next week to tell us that you're listening to the Brunton Bugle. Not that you don't already know. Um, okay, lads, let's get into the uh, match preview bits then. Um, first up, a game that I think, if, if you'd looked at it back in December, you'd look ahead, you'd have said, Oof, there's another easy three points later on in the campaign. Doesn't look like that now, does it, Dan? I mean, the form that... Stevenage have shown since we beat them 4-0 it's been quite incredible hasn't it uh, they're definitely a harder team to beat I'm just looking here in the league they've only lost three games in 2021 but they've drawn a hell of a lot yeah you know but, so they've, they've obviously tightened themselves up and I mean, yeah They've generally had a strong defence for a while, haven't they? Though I mean, yeah, they've got they've got experience at the back, haven't they? When you look I mean, at the squad, us beating them four 0 was a bit of an anomaly. Actually, when you look back at it, because most teams have only really scraped one 0 wins against them when they have beaten them. So yeah, and just, just just looking at the last few weeks, there's not been many goals. Into the four of the last six have been nil nil draws, and the others yeah. were a one nil and a three nil win. So that's four goals across six games. Well, they haven't faced Aussie yet, though, have they? That's well, the this thing. is it. This exactly is it. that. But yeah, I mean, in terms of form, they're eighth in the last six games form tables. You mentioned there, uh, drawn, drawn, one, one, drawn, drawn. Basically, is the last six games. Um, in terms of the table, they're now in fifteenth place on forty-three points, having played thirty-six games with a goal difference of minus three. They're only five points behind us now. <laughs> I know yeah. they've played like four, was it four games more or something like that? But 
that, that it's, it is astonishing because when we looked at it back at that game in December, we were all saying, if they look dead and buried, they don't look like they're going to stay up. You in pre-season, though, did predict them to do okay, didn't you? You can sort of take a bit of credit there, can't you? Yeah, as we mentioned, they've got uh, they've got experience, especially, as we just said at the back, you know, mm. the likes of Corker, Cuthbert, Prosser. They, these are These are defenders who've been round the block at this level mm. they know what it's about and that's obviously been you know that's obviously shown in the last few games they made some good signings in January's well. I think the signings that Chris Lyons from Northampton yeah and he's yeah. always been a very good midfielder at this level so you'd yeah. expect him to do well um yeah interesting their keeper obviously Jamie Cumming who was the third choice at Chelsea wasn't he Mike um he, he had a bit of a nightmare against us, didn't he? That <laughs> game early season. Mm. But by all accounts, he's been probably one of their best players all season, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, all right, Dan called it that they'd be all right this season. But I honestly thought that they'd be... Uh, I think I predicted them to go down, actually, or sort of certainly around there. Mm. But I think they're about 13 points clear of the drop now. So kind of call them safe to be honest and they're, and they're now sort of able to play with just a little bit more freedom without sort of you know having that monkey on your back. It, it would take a monumental collapse for them to get dragged back in wouldn't it yeah absolutely yeah, especially as well you look at it I mean Grimsby look absolutely knackered and then the rest of them is a bit of a bum fight down there isn't it I mean Barrow is starting to mm. sort of slight <laughs> that's a lovely saying isn't it yeah. bit of a bum fight <laughs> it is it is though isn't it I mean I, I, I suppose Easter's coming up you get a nice yeah. bum fight at Easter yeah. I said bum fight, not bun fight. Oh, I thought you said bun fight. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, I mean, Barrow had just started to slightly pull themselves away, aren't they? They're in a hell of a run of form. Um, but I mean, the rest of them, they're all sort of scrapping with each other, aren't they? So I think that's probably going to play in Stephen each hands too there, because I think a lot of them have still got to play each other. And as a result, I mean, they can't all <laughs> pick up enough form to overtake them, can they? So I just, I just looked as well, they haven't conceded in the last six games either. Astonishing, which is isn't it? pretty impressive, yeah. Yeah, um, just, just show the, the last the last time they conceded, they conceded one against Walsall. So yeah. they're very good defensively. So yeah. uh, I think going forward, they're still struggling a bit, aren't they? They're still not getting goals. I think they rely yeah. quite heavily on Elliot List. I think he's been one of their key players mm-hmm. going forward this season. But other than that, they're basically relying on boring teams and submission essentially. Um, Probably deserve a bit of credit for standing by their manager, don't they, Alex Revel? Because I mean, there was some talk that he might be getting sacked after the game when we beat them four nil. I think mean, I seem to remember a lot of their fans on Twitter saying he was useless and get rid of him. But actually, look at the job he's done in his first management job. He's really turned it round, hasn't he, Dan? Yeah, he's uh, he hasn't done too bad. Like, well, I know we've, we've mentioned it already. The game against us was almost a turning point for their season, mm. wasn't it? You know, it's um, he's. Like I say, he's brought in a couple of decent signings in the window that combined with uh, the experience I've got. And, you know, let's be honest, Stevenage aren't a big club with a lot of money. No. You know, they, they won't have massive aspirations, but he's, he's doing all right, isn't he? Yeah, I think they've invested a lot into that new stand, haven't they, behind the goal? The yes. Last yeah. couple of scenes. So, I mean, they infrastructure-wise, I think they're trying to build themselves up slowly while keeping themselves established in the league. I mean, you look at them now... You, they they feel like a football league club now, don't they? They don't feel like a sort of a non league upstart really in the league. They they, they get yeah, they're, okay they're, crowds they're, as well. They've been in a while, haven't they? Yeah, they, they get decent enough crowds, sort of just over three thousand, something like that. You know, I, I, I think they, they get a little bit of uh, overspill from sort of Arsenal, Tottenham fans who yeah. who've moved out of London into that sort of area, and yeah. 
you know, I don't want to spend 100 quid going to watch a game when you can go to Stevenage for 20 quid type thing. Yeah, definitely. Okay, that's the Stevenage bit covered, I think. So let's move on to the next one. I mean, this, this is a game that we've got to be targeting three points against later on, haven't we, Mike? I mean, their drop-off in form in the last what, 10 games there has been appalling, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, but at the, at the same time, I mean, they're still sort of not that far behind us in the league. Yeah. So, you know, they they obviously have uh, quality in there, but there isn't really much of a better time to, to play them than, than right now, to be honest. I think if we'd have played them when we were supposed to play them, it could have been a little bit harder, although we were in better form ourselves. But, yeah, it should be a, an interesting one. It's one of the ones that you actually look at it, the bad form we've had and the bad form they've had has been pretty much timed to the same sort of time, haven't it? The difference is, last few games we've actually started to pick up again and they haven't. Um, their bad run of home, of course, cost uh, Ross Embleton his job as manager. I think he's quite a long-serving coach and uh, involvement in terms of things like that at uh, Orient. But he's been replaced by Joby McEnough, who, you know, I can remember him playing, was it for Reading in the Premier League? Not long yeah, back. Yeah. It's quite a while ago. He's played over 150 games for Orient. He's a bit of a sort of legendary cult player with them as well now. And finding it a bit tough in his first management job, but he hasn't really had a chance to bring any players in, has he, Dan? And that's probably counted against him a little bit in terms of that. Yeah, uh, Orient had a bit of a, a clear out in January. There was there was one or two. Half of them seemed to go to Crawley. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, Jake Wright and there was, there was someone else went and mm. there seemed to be a lot of players go between them two clubs for some reason. I think one big issue for them as well, Dan, is the fact that Danny Johnson's goals have dried up, haven't they? Because he was on a hell of a run of form and it, it, he's just not finding the net again. I think he had a bit of a knock as well, which took him out of the team, but that's probably been one of the reasons they struggled too. Yeah, um, just looking at the recent fixtures, they haven't scored many goals. You know, no. one, 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 one. I think it's fat. In that run of eleven, get they've had a run of eleven games where I think they've won once. Yeah, and in that run, they've only scored five goals. Yeah, they've gone one five five and then eleven. Yeah, and Just, uh, yeah, yeah, their, their form's pretty poor. I mean, even look at the last two games they've drawn. But I mean, those games were against Stevenage and Southend, and you surely you think they would have looked at that Southend game before that. That's a chance for us to get three points, even though Southend have picked up a little bit themselves. They've just not managed, have they? They just—they're really struggling. They, they kind of sort of—they got themselves close to the playoffs, and then they just didn't know how to kick on to the next level, did they? And they've—they've they've just hit a real plateau, and then sort of almost gone off a cliff, haven't they, with their form, Mike? I think they almost got dependent on um, Johnson's goals, and when they've dried up, they haven't been able to really recover from that. Whereas, like you know, we. Well, obviously, Mellish is our top scorer, but our goals are generally spread more throughout the team, and our issues didn't boil down to one player. Uh, they boiled down to the whole team. Um, whereas, yeah, but I think uh, Mackenough's still registered as a player, isn't he? I think he's only um, interim manager. I don't know how much yeah. he's playing now that he's doing the management side of things. Well, I'm looking at the last starting lineup for them, and he wasn't in that starting lineup. Yeah. What I say when I look through that starting lineup, the last one for them. There's not many names that stand out there thinking, oh, that, you know, that, he's a good player. He, 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 he hasn't played the last four games. Well, there you go. He's clearly concentrating yeah. on that side of things. But you wonder if maybe he'll get to the point where he thinks, I'm going to have to pick myself here because we're not yeah. not finding form. And like I said, you look mm-hmm. at that starting lineup, Dan, there's not many names that jump out there and make you go, oh, God, I'm a bit worried about facing up against him, is there? No, I'm just I'm just looking at the, the, the lineups and the squad and... It's uh, no, there is a, there's a, it's just 
much of a muchness, isn't it? Yeah. I don't yeah. think there's like awful players in there really, but it's just you look at it and you think it's not really a side that's gonna challenge for the top and maybe they overachieved in the first half of the season and yeah, Johnson's possibly. goal fired them up there, I suppose. And for them, you'd think surely that their aim now is to sort of plod on to the end of the season, sort out who the new manager is going to be and just have a clear out and put together a squad to actually have a go at it next season. Surely you'd think that would yeah, be Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, even picking out Danger, I mean, I've picked out uh, Asayuno... Cissé, I think they got him from Gillingham this summer. I think he was really good first half of the season, but he's not really done it the second half. And then Danny Johnson has been injured a lot. And Tristan Abrahams, who they've got on loan from Newport, but again, he's not really hit the heights for them yet. It's yeah, it's it's, it's tough for them really because they're not in danger of going down realistically, but they're probably not going to make the playoffs now. So for them, what they do for the rest of the season, it's hard to tell, isn't it? I think it's it's kind of the opposite of what I was saying about Stevenage and that Stevenage were maybe expected to go down and they're in a position now where they can play with a bit of freedom and I think maybe Leighton Orient would have, you know, from their perspective would have maybe expected to uh, knock on to the playoffs and that's kind of out of reach so they, they're not really playing with freedom they're just kind of playing with like, I don't know, apathy a little bit mm. um, like we've seen from us in in some recent years Yeah, absolutely well, I think that's summed up the two teams. Can, 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 can I just add one thing about uh, Leighton Orient looking at the squad? I love the fact that the keeper is classed as Chilean, even though he was he was he was he grew up in Kentish Town. I think his mum's Chilean or his dad's <laughs> he, Chilean. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, Chilean. In, no, his father's got Chilean descent, yeah. and his mother's Jamaican. Ah, well, there you go. Um, interesting one with him though. Uh, he's played for both Liverpool and Everton, hasn't he? Well, Everton, but, Davina, Del Mar. Yeah, yes. Everton in Chile, that is, of course. Yeah, there you yeah. go. I like that stat. Um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, that, that's pretty much summed up looking at the um, two teams we're going to face. Okay, well, let's start looking at team news then, guys. Um, in terms of availability of players, I think Morgan Feeney and Jamie Armstrong both still out, aren't they? I think we're probably not going to expect them back anytime particularly soon. Um, Danny Devine, I think, has been out and training, hasn't he, Dan? I think he's been running on the pitch, but... Not sure in terms of whether they want to get a reserve game into him first, and we know there's one coming up, isn't there? Yeah, uh, I think it was at the end of last week he was mentioned as being back on the grass. Yes. So he's obviously up, up in his uh, thing, and as we, we've just uh, discovered before recording, the uh, the Fleetwood game isn't happening now in the Central League Cup, mm-hmm. and the we, we've advanced to the area final against Huddersfield. Yeah. So we could we could have uh, Mike Obiero against us in that. <laughs> Be interesting to see how he gets <laughs> on. Um, actually, wonder would he have played for us in the first that competition? Actually, oh, possibly, yeah. He yeah. did, didn't he? I think he played against Rochdale, yeah. didn't he? I'm sure. Keep it quiet, and we might get a <laughs> a win on a technicality. <laughs> possibly, you never know. You never know. Um, so yeah, hopefully Danny Vine's not too far away because I, I think we have missed him as another option in midfield, haven't we? Really, somebody who can. Come in and do a job. Um, I think we can maybe do with him when Furman goes off on international duty oh, as well. Absolutely, yeah. Um, still not sure whether Coyote will be back for this one. It seems to be sort of touch and go, isn't it? They don't seem to Plus, be bad. I think Ireland under-21s have a friendly game lined up. Yeah. And their squad will be announced any day. Yeah, so you'd imagine so he's going to be in there. I would be very if surprised if he isn't. Yeah. I'm just looking. They haven't quite announced it yet. 
but he would probably miss the Orient and Cambridge games. Yeah. Uh, Paul Farman possibly set to miss out against his former club at the weekend. You Maybe you'd think if he's picked a knock-up that's kept him out of the game against Mansfield and it was on the day, he's probably not going to feature this weekend, you'd guess. I would say yeah. 50-50 on that. Yeah, probably. Um, in terms of what team you'd pick, would you make any particular big changes for this game, Mike? Um, I mean, you know, I keep saying it every week. Beach needs to assess the sort of fitness of the players and go from there, and he doesn't entirely seem to do that. He seems to just play the same outfield players every week. Uh, so who, who knows? But that, that's probably what he's going to do again, to be honest with you, rightly or wrongly. Would you make any changes, Dan? I can see Anderton maybe coming in for Armour because yeah. based on the Mansfield game yeah possibly maybe want someone a bit stronger there at the back but then with us being away from home yes possibly you'd think would imagine that um, ok well, let's get on to predictions then guys so first up um, Dan let's have both of your predictions first I'm going to go for Stevenage 1-1 one, one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll score the goal. Ah, oh, sod it, Zanzala. <laughs> it's got to be. And then Orient, I think we win 2 0. And I'll go for Alessandra's due a goal and Joe Riley. Joe Riley, okay, there you go. Mike, what are you going to go for? I am going to go for a board draw against Stevenage, 0 0. Um, and I reckon we're going to beat Leighton Orient 3 0. Uh, and Zanzala will score twice and Mellish will get the other. Okay, I'm going to agree with you, Dan, on Saturday being a 1-1 draw. Uh, and I'm going to say as well, I'm going to say Zanzala's going to score that one. I think he's going to go on a run now. Uh, and then I reckon uh, I'm going to go 3-0 win as well against Leighton Orient. Um, in terms of goals for that, Zanzala will get another. And then I think maybe goal for Rod McDonald will get his first goal. And uh, John Mellish with another. Why not? Okay, so I mean, yeah, we're both we're sort of both all in agreement, aren't we? A draw and a win for the next two games. I think we'd both be pretty happy with that, wouldn't we? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll then be going into the next few games unbeaten in our last five. So, yeah, yeah, it looks a bit better. Yeah, and obviously you've got to remember following up after that Orient game, arguably our, one of our tougher games coming up in in the re- next run is Cambridge, isn't it? And you know, I know they're up near the top and they've had a bit of faltering form at times, but they are still up there, aren't they? At the end of the day, so. They're going to be a tough side to face. Mm. Um, okay, let's get on to the uh, X Files section then, guys. Um, I've got a fair few different ones today. Uh, Gavin Riley, uh, who went to Livingston, has suffered a 20 centimetre hamstring tear oh, God. and is out for the season. That sounds a bad one. He's had rotten luck, hasn't he, since he's gone he there? He has. Really? He mm. has, yeah. But uh, he's out for the season. Uh, and the big transfer through the week, uh, Stockport signing Paddy Madden from Fleetwood for an undisclosed fee on a three-and-a-half-year deal. I mean, that throws up so many questions, that doesn't it? I mean, firstly, where is Stockport getting the money from? I think you know this, don't you? Because I think they've... Yeah, I, 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 I mentioned, I think it was possibly in pre-season, that they've got a bit of money behind the club now. They're wanting to get back into the league. And... Pff, this, this proves it, you know, because Madden was still playing for Fleetwood most weeks. So, yeah. You but know. the other question is, has the money maybe run out a little bit of Fleetwood? Because, I mean, they've, they've lost a few big players recently, haven't they, when you look back at it? Mm, possibly. 
But uh, I think he's the sort who, they're maybe just tightening the books with no crowds, etc. You know. Yeah, I mean to get rid of a, a goal scorer like that. No, I was just going to say I've heard that the undisclosed fee is a hundred thousand, which is insane if that's true, especially because he's in his thirties now as well. It's one of those ones yeah, in Stockport, yeah. though, isn't it? You look at it and you think to yourself, with what happened with them in the past, just throwing money at it makes mm. it, it makes it. It's a little bit, I don't know, distasteful is probably the wrong word, but it's not doesn't doesn't make you feel great, does it? I mean, it does yeah, wonder if it, yeah. you know, if yeah. things go all pear shaped there again. You do really want to say to them, well, bloody told you so. <laughs> it's not like mm. you've, you've not been through this before, is it? So, But like, yeah. while we were sort of kicking around relegation dogfights in sort of the late 90s, early noughties, they were like knocking around the championship. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy how these things change in football and they're nowhere near that level now, obviously. But yeah. Yeah, they've put a bit of money. Obviously, they offered more money to John Rooney than we could, didn't they? Because we were mm. interested in him and obviously left Barrow, even though Barrow got into the league. So just, I mean, the, the issue there as well is the fact that in the National League, there's no wage caps, is there? From from mm. from Madden's point of view, at 31 year old, he's been offered three and a half years on good money. Yeah. He'd be crazy to turn it down, wouldn't he? Oh, absolutely. Especially if they, I mean, if they get back into the league this season as well. Yeah. He's not that far off where he was. And you'd imagine if they get into the league, they'll then want to kick straight on and go up into the League yeah, One, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Other stuff, Dan? Uh, a former Carlisle United manager has temporarily joined the Barrow coaching team. Mm. Neil McDonald. Yeah. Interesting. Which had sort of gone under the radar a little bit now. I haven't seen much mention from Carlisle fans. I wonder if that's one that where they're planning ahead a little bit there because... Rob Kelly's caretaker there, isn't he? And he's done a brilliant... I mean, the job he's done there is actually quite incredible. You look at it, he's won six games. They haven't conceded a single goal in those six games. Shows how well he's done. But he's not someone who's ever really been keen on being the main man, has he? Yeah. He's yeah. always wanted to be the second fiddle. Yeah. McDonald's been manager a few times. Yeah, has done the assistant role a bit as well. I do wonder if the sort of almost lining him up to take over as manager. Maybe, summer. maybe. And uh, the, the last one, just a quick one, we've uh, retweeted this on the Brunton Bugle Twitter account. Yeah. Uh, Chesterfield sort of podcast, uh, Legends of Aspire, have done a David Reeves interview and apparently a fair good chunk of it is about his time at Carlisle, so that's definitely worth checking out. Mm. Do you want me to go through the goals then, Dan? I'm, I'm just, I've just rolled up to it myself. Oh, well, go on. We've, we've got Ryan Loft scored again. Kyle Dempsey. Got Jack two, I- Dempsey got two goals, didn't he? Uh, Jack Idell did two. Yes, he did, yeah. Uh, Geffen Jones for Bolton. Mark Ellis on his Not County debut. Mm-hmm. Um, just scrolling down. Yeah, Dempsey scored midweek as well. Jamie Proctor scored for Wigan. And he, he is a, a, a little blast from a few years ago. Alex McQueen scored for Barnett. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then... Well, this, this one's a bit regular now, but Charlie Wyke again last yeah. night for Sunderland. Just just can't mm. stop scoring, can he? The only game he hasn't scored in was the final at Wembley. For what what final? Oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> don't talk about that, do we? Well, was, was it a final at Wembley? League Cup come forward yeah. or something? <coughs> no, no. Let, let's, let's just leave that one, shall we? Um, yeah, it, Jamie Proctor's goal is quite a frustrating one, though, isn't it? Because that's kicking Wigan up and out of the relegation zone, isn't it? And Yeah. It's kind of like... Oh, I, if we don't go up, I really want Wigan to come down because that'd be yeah. brilliant. I mean, imagine Wigan away next season. 
Oof, it'd be, be brilliant. Be like a war zone at Wigan Northwestern, wouldn't it? There'd be thousands descended. Well, it'd be great for me though as well because I can get use my free train pass to get to the Wigan Northwestern. <laughs> I'd be happy with that. Okay, guys. Um, before we finish, I didn't actually put this in the running order for you, but should we do the quiz, the uh, the guess the clubs one that we've done before? Are you up for that? Go on, go on then. Go on then. Okay, so let's start out. So we, anyone who hasn't uh, listened before, when we've had both guys on, we try and do a little quiz where basically they take turns to try and bid how many clubs they can guess that this player's played for other than Carl United. They're all ex-Carl United players, but they've played for a certain number of clubs and you've basically got to list as many as you can. Um, so you, you take turns and basically um, you bid and then... So, so for instance, let's say it was... Um, I don't know. Let's say... Uh, top of my head. Magnus Norman was the, the, the player you picked and let's say he played for six clubs, something like that. Mike could say, oh, I'm going to guess three clubs and then Dan could say I'm going to guess four and then Mike would go well I can't name all them four you name you four if Dan doesn't name the four he loses the point if Dan does name the four he wins the point that's simple as that that's how it works I, um, I must say I do feel sorry because I'm, I'm an absolute stato so. <laughs> okay so the first one up Dan yeah uh, I think I'm going to let Mike have the first uh, bid on this no one problem. because he lost last time so first player up uh, a player we mentioned last week in the uh, quiz it's Peter Beardsley. Well, Peter Beardsley played for Ooh. 10 clubs other than Carl United. How many can you guess, Mike? Uh, I will go seven. <sighs> seven. Oh, that's that's a good me, high bid, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sod it, I'll go eight. Because I've just thought of one at the top of my head that could clinch it here. Oh. You're going to bid nine, Mike, or are you going to make him uh, answer it? I'll, I'll let Dan take the, take the stage. Here we go, then, Dan. So right, let's, let's we'll, we'll go. We'll go for the obvious ones. Uh, Vancouver so White Cups. That's correct. Obviously, I should <laughs> should remind everyone here that Carl United isn't one of the teams you pick because we know they play for Carl United, so that doesn't count. So yeah, and it has to be professional clubs as well. It can't be like youth clubs or anything like that. So it has to be professional clubs. Okay, so yeah. Vancouver White Cups. Uh, hang on a second. Hang on a second. I've got me a little sound effects here. Let me do that. Uh, is Vancouver Whitecaps correct? Yes. Oh, is it league games only? Uh, no, it's for just first team games. Because he played at least one for Man United. Correct. Uh, Newcastle. Bit of an obvious one, that one, isn't yeah. it? Uh, Liverpool, Everton. Uh, what am I on to there? One, two, three, four, five. Uh, he played for Bolton. Yeah. And Fulham. Yeah. Uh, he played for Hartlepool. That's your eight. Wait, wait, I'm going to go nine. I'm going crazy. He also played for Manchester City on loan. Absolutely right on that one there. He played for yeah. City alone. There's one team left. I bet you, you won't be able to get this one, I don't reckon. What do you reckon it is? Have a, have a random stab in the dark. Honestly, can't. I'm wondering if it's... No, he's never, he never went to Scotland and I can't think of him at any other English clubs off the top of my it's head. It's not an English club. It's Melbourne Knights in Australia. Ah, he played yes, two games yes. for him. Two games for Melbourne Knights in Australia. Yeah. So that's the first player down. It's a 1-0 to Dan after one of them. It's best of five. Uh, up next, um, 
Okay, so this one, <laughs> this one is for uh, Mike. Um, okay, eight clubs. Lewis Neal, Dan. How many of Lewis Neal? How many eight of the eight clubs he played for? Lewis Neal. Ooh, I, I can think of most of his. I want to go for five. Oof, that's a strong bid, that, for the eight. Mike, can you name six? Are you going to make Dan name his five? See, I, I can think of maybe six. Ooh. Are you going to go six? Y- yeah. Okay, Mike, Mike's going to go six. I'll, I'll, I'll leave my obscure one till the end, if I've got it. In fact, actually, I'm looking here. I think, actually, technically, it's only seven. I've just looked because, actually, he played for one of them twice. I didn't notice that. So it's seven. So you can have a go for the whole lot, Dan, or let Mike have a go. I'll let Mike have a go, but I reckon I can get his six. Right. Yeah. Go on, then, come on, then, Mike. Let's have let's have the six. Right. Well, I'm. He obviously he joined us from Preston, didn't he? That's correct. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure after us he was at Shrewsbury. That's correct. That's two. And I'm pretty sure that he started off at Stoke. That's three. And now, these are... Uh, I said five, didn't I? Six. Did I say six? Did I say six? You're <laughs> <laughs> great um, Yeah. Uh, so you got your three. I want to say... Notts County... Yeah, the loads yeah, that, 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 from that, that's that's the one that came back to me when we were discussing yeah. the numbers there. Yeah. Um, now, I think he played for Orlando City alongside Kaka. Absolutely correct. He did play for Orlando City in America, yeah. Uh, and now my last shout is the one that I really wasn't sure on, and that's Wolves. And when I say Wolves, I mean Orlando Sea Wolves. Right. <laughs> that's correct. But... It's not professional. Oh. So you can have another go if you want. I'll let you off because they are a team you play for. They're an and indoor I'll team. You. I know one of the other ones. Oh, no. <laughs> There's two um, left. One of them's very obscure. You struggle to get. I'll give you a clue, mate, because you've not you've found it tough in this game before. I think it's fair to say. <laughs> but you're still on this on the in the right country in terms of another team you played for. Okay. Uh... I honestly don't know. I'll say um, my favourite um, US soccer team, and that's Portland Timbers. Ah, you got it wrong, oh. I'm afraid. The two teams we didn't have were DC United. You had two seasons. The one then. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, he basically went Orlando City, DC United, then back to Orlando City. But he also played for Orlando City B and for the Seawolves. That was an indoor ah. league team. That's why I wouldn't accept that one. Um, ah. The other team he played for when he was at Stoke, he went on loan to IBV in Iceland. So that's the other one that you didn't have. I wouldn't have got that one. So there you go. <laughs> so that's uh, two games down. Dan, you're 2-0 up, thanks to Mike not having the six or the five. He sort of <laughs> pushed himself a bit too far there, didn't he? Um, okay, next up. So this player played for eight teams. Uh, he played for us not too long ago, a couple of seasons ago. I think he's retired now. Anthony Gerrard. How many of Anthony Gerrard's eight teams that he's made a first team appearance for? Remember that? Can you name Dan? Ooh, he's, he's been at a few places, hasn't he? Mm. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. I'm going to say six. Oof, that's strong. Six of the eight. 
Mike, how many are you going to go for? Yeah, I could have only got about four, so I'll let, I'll let Dan have a right, go. Dan. Uh, right, six. Famously, Cardiff. Correct. And Huddersfield. Correct. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was at Walsall for a good while. Yeah, that's your third. And he was at Shrewsbury, but not for too long. It's four, that isn't it, I think? And then he was at Alden prior to us. Yeah. Five. And Chesterfield afterwards. The buzz is back. We're all excited. <laughs> Dan's oh, one. There's only one that's, that's your six. That's your three. The world is watching this football team. Because I don't say what I don't mean. There you go, Dan. That's 3 0. Are we on for a bit of a whitewash here, Mike? God, God almighty. Really? I know. Yeah, yeah. You're up against the To, be, to be fair, of every Carlisle United fan that there is, I honestly think that Dan is by far the biggest statter. So, <laughs> there's, no, there's no shame in losing yeah. to a man with so much pointless information. In yeah. his, uh, <laughs> yeah. his so, so, Dan, you, um, which, which, you had um, two left to get, didn't you? I think. Yeah, I think you said. Yeah, so you went Chesterfield after us, didn't you? Did you, did yeah, you mention yeah. Oldham? I mean, you did, did you? Yeah, I did. Did you? Did you? Yeah, because oh, okay. I said we signed him from Oldham. All right, okay. Well, the, the, so yeah, the two you missed were Accrington Stanley had a loan spell from there, right? From right. Everton, you started out at Everton. He didn't play it first team game for Everton though, so couldn't include that. And uh, the final one, he had a loan spell at Hull City from Cardiff City as well. So he did, yeah, yeah. So there you go. So that's that one. Okay, so we've got two more to do. Uh, let's do this for a bit of fun here. Um, Dan, you're going to be bidding on this one first. Um, played for, I think, nine other clubs other than us. It's Craig Curran. How oh, many of Craig Curran's clubs can you name? Craig Curran, wow. Uh, one, two, I'm just going to say four. Oh, that's a low bid. Mm. Mike, can you go for five? Um, sod it. I'll have, I'll have a go for five. Ooh. But some of them, I'm not sure if they would go down as professional. So, oh. I'll, but but I'll punt ha, it. Have a, have a go anyway, okay? Danny, are you going to let him have a go at five? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. All right, Mike, let's have you five. Right, well, he started at Tranmere, obviously. Yeah. And I, I think he left us for Rochdale. That's correct. And he had a bit of uh, success at Ross County, north of the border. Yep, that's your three. And then, let's see, these are where I'm a bit torn, because I know that he played for Nuneaton, but are they professional? But I'll put it forward anyway. He did play for Nuneaton. They're not professionals. I didn't include them, so I'll, okay. I'll let you off with that one. So Okay. Um, I think... Now, I'm sure. Did he play for both Dundee teams after... Yeah. Correct, yeah, he did play for both Dundee teams. So that's your five, well done. You've got a point on the board, Mike. <laughs> how, how long we've been playing this, you finally got one. Um, <laughs> so they were clubs that were missing. So he basically started his career at Tranmere Rovers, came to us for a spell. Then he had a loan spell at Morecambe while he was with us as well. Um, he also obviously went to Rochdale as you mentioned there but from Rochdale he had loan spells at Chester and Limerick I was going to say I'm sure I can remember him playing in Ireland I just yeah. couldn't think what club it was well, yeah he played for Limerick um, permanently then for a season he then went to Nuneaton uh, had his 
decent spell at Ross County. He scored 23 goals in 107 games for Ross County. Did really well up there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Then he went to Dundee United, then Dundee, and he's now playing for Connors Key Nomads in the Welsh League. I would have counted that because the Welsh top flight, although I'm not 100% convinced they're professional, but I would have counted that if you'd said that. So Connors Key Nomads. I knew he played for them, but I wasn't sure if if they'd count, so... To, and to be fair, Corner, Corners Key also play in European competition. Yeah. So this last one, <laughs> played for a fair few clubs, it's fair to say. Professionally, he played for 12 different clubs other than Carl United. Uh, he had a really good loan spot when he first came and then he signed permanently, didn't really play as much. It's Jason Price. Uh, Jason uh, Price. Uh, 12 right. clubs other than Carl United. So Mike, how many do you want to bid? Places. Um... I honestly, I can only think of one of the top, like top of my head. <laughs> one, sure. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that, that's not much. Okay, uh, yeah. Dan, do do you want to bid two, or do you want to be more ambitious and go a bit higher than that? Uh, I'm gonna say five. Five. Okay, Dan, just name you five because Mike's not gonna bid six. Let's he, he started at Swansea. Hang on, hang on. He started at Swansea. That's correct. And he definitely played for Tranmere. That's correct. Uh, Doncaster. Correct. And we got him from Millwall on loan, did we not? That's right. So he won more. Did he not? Did we not send him on loan to Bradford? That is correct. That's your five. So you got a nice four-one win for you there, Dan. Well done. I so yeah, uh, in terms of his career, he started out as a youth player at uh, Aberman. Um, but he, he, he obviously, you mentioned there, he started his career at Swansea City. Then he had a brief spell at Brentford. Then went to Tranmere. Uh, he was at Hull City for three seasons. Ah, uh, Hull. Yeah, 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 he went to Doncaster Rovers uh, from Hull. Doncaster was the one that I know. Millwall, he had a loan spell at Millwall from Doncaster. Then joined Millwall permanently. Then he had loan spells at Oldham and ourselves. Joined us permanently. Uh, and then he had loan spells from us at Bradford City, Walsall and Hereford Walsall. United. Yeah. Um, from Her- After he left us, he went to Barnet. Uh, he had a spell uh, for Morecambe. And then after that, he basically went to non-league. And uh, when I released some of the non-league clubs, he's played for, it's incredible. So uh, deep breath here. He played then for Geisley, Prestat in town. Osset Town, Selby Town, Shore Lane Aquaforce, what, what a name, a name. <laughs> Brighouse Town, Almondbury Woolpack. I'm not convinced if that's just the Woolpack. No, that's that, that. that's, that's going to be a Sunder League team, hasn't it? Surely you'd think, yeah. Osset Albion and Harrogate Railway Athletic. Uh, he made seven appearances for Wales as well, actually, during his career. Um, so, yeah, that was Jason Price. So, that's it, lads. Um, bit of a slog that last bit I think it's fair to say <laughs> see whether people actually get through it but thanks once again for joining me guys really do uh, appreciate you giving up your time um, yeah if you've got any comments or feedback or anything you'd like us to discuss uh, you can get us quite a few places can't you Dan you can get us on uh, Twitter at Brunton Bugle by email bruntonbugle at gmail.com uh, and also on the Be Just and Fair Not Facebook group uh, basically we're always there cracking with all the other Carlisle fans uh, we've got a few emails in actually one from one of the guys in uh, Germany I'm sorry I haven't got it open at the moment but um, I think it's Ewan who's living in Germany who's the uh, Kai United fan who's listening to podcasts from there and shows up on our world map so thank you for dropping us email about uh, the pod we really appreciate that uh, mate um, 
If you haven't already, you can obviously subscribe to the podcast in all the usual places. That's, you know, Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And if you can give us a review on any of those things, it'd be fantastic as well because it really does help us and gets more Cal United fans learning about the uh, the show, doesn't it? Um, yep, so there's uh, there's no new countries on the uh, world map of listeners, guys. So uh, just, you know, plodding along there. But like I said, anyone, if you know any Cal fans living anywhere in the world, let them know because we want more countries on that map, don't we, Dan? We want to take more countries off. That's yeah, we, we, we want we want we want to be the United Nations of podcasts. Exactly that. Exactly that. Um, we'll be back sometime next week. We'll be done. I think to review the last two games and look ahead to a, a busy another busy period coming up, aren't we? Really, with the Easter games as well. That's going to add a bit more to it. Um, yeah, just the way it goes. And hopefully, we'll have that specials out that we recorded the other day, didn't we, Dan? Yeah, uh, we, we got the first one of our. You know, best off favourite 11s. Uh, we've got mine in the can. Lee's is ready to go. And then we'll get Mike's done as well. And then, as we said, when it comes to the summer, we'll uh, hopefully fill up a couple of weeks with uh, some of you guys' uh, favourite 11s. Absolutely. You get in contact with us if you want to maybe get involved in that one and we'll uh, we'll try and get something arranged. Um, that's it then, guys. Thanks for joining me once again. And uh, up the blues. Oh.